Well, we are coming on with some shocking developing news out of Chicago. The charges against Empire actor Jesse Smollett have been dropped. 16 charges of lying to police dropped in a deal struck that essentially means $10,000 paid in court costs by Smollett and two days of community service. That means those charges are dropped. And uh, this stems from the uh, allegations that he had in the criminal charges that said he uh, faked uh, a uh, hate crime uh, attack against himself um, and uh, essentially blaming that on Trump supporters. Uh, that turned out, um, according to police investigations, not to be true, but uh, police and the mayor, Rahm Emanuel, blasting that decision by the Cook County State's Attorney's Office. Um, mayor Emanuel saying it's a whitewashing of justice and essentially saying that this leaves the door open to anyone taking advantage of hate crime uh, law. Words to that effect. The superintendent of Chicago police also blasting this move, saying that if he were uh, falsely accused of something, he would ask for his day in court, not take a, a uh, essentially secret type of deal or not take any deal at all. Uh, so a big development there. NBC just reported essentially that even federal uh, investigators were not notified of this uh, move. So very shocking indeed. Um, also watching healthcare news, looks like a repeal and replace, or at least uh, an attempt to replace round two. President Trump meeting with congressional Republicans today on Capitol Hill saying that uh, he's going to work to uh, make the Republican Party the party of healthcare and doing away with Obamacare yet again. We will see how that goes. And it looks like it's going to take some time as predicted for a major fight in Congress dealing with the aftermath of the Mueller report. And... Uh, we're not done yet. It's Dave Kinchin tonight. We're going to start, though, with um, some tragic developments in, um, in terms of survivors of some mass shootings in recent years, three suicides, a very obviously awful situation that uh, I was reporting on last night, and uh, we're going to get into that, too. You might be able to hear them right now. People among us in a busy downtown of a major American city, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. 1.5 million people live here, uh, probably even more than that when you take into account people who are coming in from other places. They live in other cities, the suburbs, but they come into Philadelphia to work or they're here for conferences or events or they're visiting family, friends, what have you. Um, we are in a city with not just 1.5 million people, but 1.5 million souls and very complicated souls because every soul is complicated. Every human being is complicated. That's the nature of being a human being. As you drive to work, you're thinking about a million things you have to do or at this hour, driving home from work, maybe going to the ATM to pick up a few bucks or so to go get some groceries or to you know, pay the babysitter or pay the dog walker, whatever it may be, you know. You might be on a. You might be listening to this podcast right now, uh, and and be one of those people stacked onto a bus of people. You know, it's crowded spacing, and you know there might be a lot of things going on around you. Some things that you may not be comfortable with, but you know they come with public transportation and being in public. Um, it's part of the great big body of work uh, that is a city that carries many great things, but many challenges with it too. And you expand that to other major cities and then finally a population with more than you know 330 million people in one country that's a lot of people it's a lot of souls it's a lot of complicated individuals and every individual again 
is complicated in some way. You never know what people are dealing with. Um, they might be smiling. You might get a smile from somebody as you're walking down the street, or you might get a frown or a complete blank face. Or if you're like most people, myself included, sometimes you don't even see all that because your, your head is focused on your phone. And you're looking at social media. You're looking at Twitter. You're looking at Instagram. You're looking at Facebook. And in many cases there, you're seeing things that might bother you a little bit. You know, you see images of people smiling on vacation. You wish you were on vacation. You see people who just, especially if you're young, if you're a millennial, you see people who just bought a new house. You say, oh, gosh, how did they afford, how, how did they afford, you know, the four trips that they posted about in the last year and that house? You know, where's the money coming from? You know, it's, it, it's just things that so many people can think. You might be thinking, gosh, you know, they really have a cute pet. I wish I had a dog that that uh, had that personality or whatever it may be. Or, wow, you know, it's great to have a family of 10, 20, 30 people getting together. And I wish my family was that big. I wish we could do this. I wish we could do that. There's all kinds of things. I say all this because we don't take enough time to do two things. Number one, realize that that's, there might not be everything uh, cracked up to what it seems like um, behind that smile. That smile might not be real. That smile might be because of one very little good thing they're thinking about in the middle of several bad things going on in that person's life. Um, we, we don't realize the complications that folks have in this great thing called life. Never, this is my guess, never before have there been more people with complications, with challenges, with issues, and that affects mental health, especially if you're a survivor of something truly traumatic. Uh, relationships can be traumatic. Family instances or issues or tragedies, um, a fire, um, the loss of a job, the loss of a loved one, there's all kinds of things that can happen that at any minute can change the way we look at the world and look at life and, and how we interact with it. And if we can get that smile on, that's great. But it might take everything to get that smile shown to the world, even though there's a million things behind it that really make that smile want to turn upside down into a frown. Okay, we're fighting every instinct we have to not um, to to not be negative, especially when the world's watching us. You know, um, and we put our best image and that's just the word image on social media um, or just in life in public in general i say all of this because of some horrible things that have transpired in the last week uh, we've had three suicides related to survivors of mass shootings sydney aiello who uh, was a 19 year old in college who found it reportedly very hard to be in a college classroom or any kind of classroom after being on campus at the Parkland High School uh, that was the, 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 the scene of that horrific massacre with so many of her classmates, including her friend, a good friend of hers who was killed. She committed suicide. And uh, just a few days ago, I think actually a couple days ago, a report of another uh, student who was not identified as of yet, uh, of that same school, a survivor of the Parkland shooting who also committed suicide. So two teenagers, two survivors of uh, one of the worst mass shootings at a school in, in, in certainly recent history, uh, Parkland, Florida, uh, dead by suicide. 
then yesterday report reporting of uh, uh, Jeremy Richmond, who was the father of one of the victims of the Sandy Hook massacre, who started a foundation uh, to research human behavior uh, and and also uh, it was reported started a, a facility uh, honoring a foundation basically, basically honoring his daughter. He was found dead there, according to uh, reports. So the grief from massive traumatic issues like this never goes away. Um, they call it survivor's guilt. Um, I spoke with a doctor, a psychiatrist uh, yesterday who is not, who says survivor's guilt is not an actual condition per se, but related to Kind of PTSD elements and, and, and related to the the, the, the the tremendous question of why me you know why did I survive and why didn't you know why did a close friend of mine not survive what was it you know why was it that you know I was apparently meant to live but they were not you know could that have been me I was in the same place why wasn't it me um, the guilt is absolutely overwhelming for many people. And to, to be clear, I don't know what happened. I, I don't know any of these three individuals who we lost. I can only imagine survivor's guilt played a role in that in some degree, but I can't say for sure. I don't know. For the father of the Sandy Hook uh, victim, his daughter who was killed in that, uh, that attack in 2012, one can only imagine him seeing other kids grow up, the classmates who survived, you know, his daughter's classmates who survived, you know, um, getting older, still children, but getting older and going about life. And, and he, he doesn't have that with his daughter. Um, I can't imagine what that, that pain is, but I, I do know that we have a lot of people who go through all kinds of tragic events. It doesn't have to be a mass shooting per se, but it does, you know, the, any shooting or any fire or whatever car accident something that that takes a life it drastically changes a life it makes it very hard for people to continue on it makes it very hard for people to to live on and pretend everything's okay when it's not um, so for some perspective on this I spoke with the woman last night uh, uh, Tierra Parker um, she is a survivor of the Pulse nightclub shooting she lives in uh, in Philadelphia uh, she's from Philadelphia. She was there in 2016 uh, with her cousin, 18-year-old uh, Akira Murray, who had just graduated from high school. She was about to uh, embark upon a, a, a great collegiate career in basketball, had a full-ride uh, basketball scholarship, and uh, she was killed. She was the youngest victim in the Pulse nightclub attack that killed nearly 50 people in Orlando in uh, the summer of 2016. So... You know, she was telling me, that, and, and she was shot twice. Uh, Tierra Parker was shot twice. Um, I'll post a link to the story we did. Um, and, you know, she was there in the hospital with uh, Patience Carter, who was uh, a former intern uh, uh, for where I, the, the uh, company I work for. And uh, she was, um, you know, we talked to Patience on the first show, so you can go back to the first podcast after you listen to this one. You can go back to... Uh, that first show that we did, audio setting was a little bit different there because it was a different host. We since moved over to a, a better quality system, but um, uh, 
but the content of everything she says is, is riveting in that hour interview. Um, so I interviewed her, her uh, friend uh, who was also at that club that night, Tierra Parker. And, um, you know, Miss Parker told me that she had been close to considering taking her life several times. Um, and that she only recently started to get help for the, de the depression, the things that she's going through. You know, everything she said, she, she bravely, bravely volunteered and, and said it. And, you know, I, I've done a lot of interviews over the years. I've, I've covered some very difficult stories. I, you know, I was in Las Vegas for the, what was tragically deemed the worst mass shooting in American history um, outside of uh, the Mandalay Bay Resort at the, the country concert, of course, you know, um, in October of uh, uh, 2017. I interviewed a doctor who uh, was at one point virtually covered in blood while he triaged dozens of people, saved some, but for many he couldn't save. Um, you know, I was there as people were donating blood and, 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 and you know, honoring the victims who died. And, you know, that I thought was a lot. I mean, t that was one of the heaviest things for me to cover uh, and to deal with. But listening to um, someone who was actually shot, um, one of the few interviews I've done with victims of mass shootings, and you never want to do too many of those, but listening to Miss um, Parker last night, I was absolutely uh, captivated and, and just devastated for everything she had experienced. And, you know, for her, she said, you know, she, she couldn't look at the video of the New Zealand mass shooting because she's been through that. Emotionally, she can't do it. She felt this incredible pain and sorrow for... Sydney Aiello, the other unidentified student who died uh, of, by suicide, uh, the Parkland survivors, and of course for the father of the Sandy Hook victim who died. And, you know, for her to say that she was at that point and that it tore her life apart, it, you know, it makes me think, you know, why don't we check on each other a little bit more? You don't have to survive something catastrophic like that to face trauma, to have thoughts of ending your life and, and that type of thing. And again, you know, being in a place with, with so many people around, you know, a million and a half people around me, you know, whenever I live in the city, um, I can't check on every one person at one time, but why not say hi how are you you know how's everything going you know there has to be some kind of and this is this is i'm not saying this exclusive to where i live but just where we live in our country in our society in our communities across this great land um we need to look out for each other more we need to in the words of miss parker's uh advice check on even the strong people because even your strong friends may have something going on that you don't know about Everybody's different. Everybody can handle, you know, everybody has limits to what they can handle. There are some people who have, like her, who have experienced incredibly horrific things and they're so strong. It, it, they have their bad days. And as she said, you know, and as Patience said on the program, Patience Carter. Um, but we just, we, we have to do more as a society. First of all, we have to address mental health issues. Um, what Miss Parker had told me 
uh, Tierra Parker, one of the survivors of the Pulse nightclub shooting in 2016, she said that, uh, you know, down there in Florida, they offered her all kinds of, you know, some degree of, of assistance, you know, in terms of counseling and, and things like that. Here, none of that, because she didn't live there. She lives here, so she came back to Philadelphia and said she didn't get any of that, you know. There needs to be more resources. I don't know how we do it, you know. I'm not a politician, um, although I've worked with politicians when I worked in government. Um, there's ideas on how to do it, but there has to be a way to find and, and, and give more resources to people who need it, um, especially dealing with issues related to trauma and something very tragic. But there's a lot that we can do too, you know. Smile at that stranger walking down the street. Um, say hello. Uh, not everybody's outgoing, I get that. But that's th those are things that can be done um, to just let somebody know in a small way that we care. Um, I, it, it's just, we, we've lost so much of that in an age where everything's on our phone and we, especially when we see people living lives that they may be, you know, posting nice pictures of different things they're doing as a cry for help too, you never know. Um, not to say that they're not really living a good life, but sometimes that's just a cover for something bad that's going on that they're having a hard time dealing with. We need to check on each other more. We need to be one big American community, um, at least certainly in our own backyards. It's not hard to do. One of the things I found as a reporter in a major American city, it's not something exclusive to Philadelphia, but um, is there are so many people who don't know their neighbors. You know, there's a tragedy, something, a crime or something, a, a death at a house, you go to the, you know, you talk to neighbors, they're like, yeah, they just moved in or we don't really know them, they, they keep to themselves. It's a very real thing um, to not know, I mean, look, you know, you have to respect privacy, but it's okay to at least let people know you care, that you as a human being on this same earth, on this, you know, it, on the same soil as, as them, uh, made by the same creator if, if your faith tells you that, uh, bound by the same higher forces as they are if your, your spiritual beliefs tell you that. We're all connected to this great thing called life, this great, very difficult and often tragic thing called life. We need, we need to look out for each other more and at every age. Um, and I hope we can see that again. I hope we can have more of that. There's no telling how many lives can be saved. It may start with a smile or a, hey, how are you? But at least you're letting people know. We are all, I'm talking to myself too, letting people know we care. It's a dangerous world out there. It's a frightening world out there. Um, and I, I will say that we can make it a little bit better if we work together, and, and it's not about politics, it's not about religious views, it's not about anything, it's when you were talking about simple kindness, just simple kindness and concern. It's something that everybody can understand. It's like the language of love and happiness. There's certain things that, that, that penetrate every language, and I think kindness is a part of that. It's always tough talking about difficult things like suicide and depression, but I just I gained such new perspective on some things or just learned some things from the interview I did um, 
you know, with the survivor of uh, the Pulse nightclub shooting. On top of the interview we did with Patience Carter, another survivor that's on the first podcast that you can go to right now or you can go to after you listen to this one. It's available on this site and pretty much everywhere you get this podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts as well. Um, pretty much anywhere you get podcasts. Um, we just have to talk about these things. And again, we have to look out for each other. Um, we're also looking out for, again, big news related to the um, the Mueller report. Uh, we will update you here on the congressional fight, um, which will include, it looks like, of course, the House calling um, William Barr, the Attorney General, in for questioning as well at some point. So we're looking at this going down the road easily, we can say, uh, months, I think. Um, you can follow the show. We've been so busy, didn't even give you the handles yet. Um, at Dave Kinchin USA on Twitter, at Kinchin Tonight on Twitter, also for the show. And uh, on Facebook, Dave Kinchin Tonight. It's been great being with you. Thanks for joining us. We hope you have a great rest of the week. Well, I say that like we won't be here. We will later in the week. But this is Dave Kinchin Tonight. Talk to you soon.